Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Next Generation. I'm your host, Jenna Norman. Happy Veterans Day. Happy birthday to the Marines. Uh, Happy weekend. Happy birthday to my husband, who's a Marine. Well, it's not his birthday. Happy Marine birthday to my husband. Uh, Marines are definitely a special breed of human, and if you know one, you know exactly what I mean. But veterans and the Marines are near and dear to my heart, so happy Veterans Day to all the veterans and their families out there. I have a lot to talk about today. Um, I'm going to try to go as quickly as I can because last podcast went almost an hour and it was not my intention. <laughs> um, but I'm going to try to to get right into things. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. There's so much I want to cover. Uh, how I structure my podcast or what I want to talk about is, you know, all week long, I listen to other people's podcasts, read news articles, and then I like jot all my thoughts down. So trying to corral all of my super scattered thoughts is quite difficult. Um, that's actually why I started this podcast, because I need to get all of this clutter out of my head and get my thoughts out of my brain. Uh, and I want to inform you guys and bring awareness to certain topics, especially COVID and what's going on in our country. Um, and my husband is probably very sick of listening to me talk about this, even though we're on the same page about everything. But uh, bear with me. So let's we're going to jump right in. Oh, I probably should go over what we're going to talk about today. So quickly, we're going to talk about why we need to move on from Trump and Con Inc. We're going to go over the latest elections and the debates can economic collapse, civil unrest, and or war lead to canceled elections? We're going to talk about the central banking digital currency, the mandated kill switch, uh, the Nashville manifesto was leaked. We're going to go over that and then some extra news headlines that I find quite entertaining. All right, so let's jump right into here. Going to spend quite a lot of time on Trump. I'm sorry, uh, but the elections just happened and the debate. So a lot going on in politics. Um, So what's going on with our elections? Well, the Republicans are losing again. This is four elections in a row that the Republicans have done terrible. 2020, 2021 in Georgia, uh, the 2022 midterms, and then the latest elections that happened Tuesday night. Uh, This usually, Republicans usually do terrible when there is a Republican in office that is not well-liked, but we have Biden in office who isn't well-liked. Um, he's a complete disaster. You know, the open border, the economy sucks, World War Three, and we still can't get Republicans elected. And this is this is a problem. This is a huge this is a huge problem. So I think there's a few factors. Um, there's a term everyone's coining out there called MAGA's kiss of death. <laughs> oh, I think there's that factor. And then also that people just can't be bothered to go out and vote. There's this entire movement, which a lot of them are my friends on Facebook, where they have just given up on voting. Their vote doesn't matter. We're not going to vote. Well, obviously, you know, if your vote, if you don't vote, your vote's not going to matter. You know, these votes actually matter, especially in these local elections, which we need to to work from the ground up. We need these grassroots movements. And if there's an entire group of people, which is a lot of people, that are just like, I'm done voting. I'm not going to vote again. Then we're definitely going to lose. We're going to lose every time. And I think that's just a crappy, crappy mindset. We need to at least try. We have to at least try. Um, We also have huge cultural problems. You know, we we have a a people problem in this country. The Republicans have no vision for the future, no messaging. So there's a a lot that goes into this. Um, A lot of people on the right want to blame abortion Maybe that's a factor, but I don't believe that's a huge factor. Um, DeSantis ran on the heartbeat bill, and he won by 20 points. Kemp and Abbott and Reeves uh, Reeves from Mississippi ran on pro-life. They won their, uh, um, yeah, I can't even think. They they ran their races or won their races. And uh, Reynolds in uh, Iowa, she also ran on pro-life, and she won by almost 20 points. So if pro-life is the problem, then these people, you wouldn't think they would win, right? And they won by a ton. Like they, they won by a lot and they, but they know how to govern and they know how to win. That's, that's the big, the big factor there is they know what they're doing and they get results. Not just, it's not all just talk. 
Um, and plus, another factor is that, that they distanced themselves from Trump. They didn't run on just the Trump endorsement. Um, so Tuesday in Kentucky, Daniel Cameron, um, he was running for governor of Kentucky. He lost to Democrat Andy Bashir. Bashir was a COVID crazy lockdown arrest churchgoer type guy. Um, and this is Kentucky. Kentucky is supposed to be red. Uh, but these Republican candidates run on the Trump endorsement. That's basically all they run on is Trump endorsed me and they have no message to run with. They have no vision for the future, just that Trump supports me. And clearly that's that's not working. Um, independents, I know no one wants to hear this, but independents do not like Trump and it's showing in every single election. They don't like him. They're not going they're not going to change that. They hate him. They don't ever want him in office again. And they don't like anyone that's associated with him. Um, yeah, the past the past four elections, Republicans have done horrible. I've done horrible. And I I blame Trump and his endorsements. He endorses the worst people too. He's got the worst endorsements ever. Oh, anyways. All right. Exit polls in Ohio. So um, on the abortion thing, Ohio voted to make abortion a constitutional right in their state, which is just sickening. Like these people want abortion up to nine months. It's heartbreaking and disgusting. But they also did an exit poll in Ohio, um, and it was should Trump run for president in twenty twenty four. Thirty four percent of people said yes, and sixty four percent said no. So again. Not that I trust polls that much, but this is an exit poll. This was different. Um, People don't want Trump to run. People are over him. He's toxic. He's a cancer. He just needs to go away. Um, But this leads us to a bigger problem. So we have the whole MAGA movement, um, Con Inc. You know, it's Conservative Incorporated, which has been coined. They're a money-making machine. MAGA is an industry. You know, the Dems, they have a belief system. Um, They have an actual movement. They have a movement. But the Republicans or the the MAGA, it's just a money-making operation disguised as a campaign run by Trump and his freaking band of grifters. And if you're on Twitter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're off Twitter, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, But I'm going to get to some of these grifters in a minute. Um, If we keep railing around Trump... The, the losses are going to continue. We and we cannot afford to keep losing like this. It, our country is circling the drain. We've got to get some people in there that know what the heck they're doing. And a side note: the left wants Trump to run. They want him in the general election because they know he can't win. They're scared of DeSantis. DeSantis can win the general election. Trump cannot win the general election. And Trump doesn't stand for really anything anymore. And I think he used to, you know, back in 2016, a little bit in 2020. Um, but he just doesn't have a vision or a message anymore. It's all about rigged elections and these people hate me and the same things that he was saying he was going to do the last two elections, drain the swamp that he never did, build the wall that never got done. You know, this is all old stuff. People are sick of hearing about it. And whether the 2020 election was rigged or not, I'm sure some of it was, a massive amount of people came out to vote against Trump. I mean, that is 100% true. But So Trump doesn't stand for anything anymore. He flip-flops on everything, and neither does his pack of rabid paid grifters. Do you know those grifters, the, we call them the grifters, they make like $35,000 a month just spewing crap about DeSantis and like lying about Trump. It's crazy. Um, they just make up crap on social media, spread lies, start dumb things like bootgate. It's just pathetic. And, all, and pretty much all of his campaign money right now, everyone that's sending him money for his campaign to win and rah, rah, you're, you're just funding his legal fees. That, that's all you're doing. Um, maybe you can buy some more trading cards that he, that he made. That was so dumb. That was just the dumbest thing I think he's ever done. Like how embarrassing. Um, but we have a better choice. We have a better choice with DeSantis. I'm not saying DeSantis is perfect, but he stands a much better chance of winning the general election than Trump does. But every, you know, this whole group of people, MAGA, Con Inc or whatever, they're out there just shilling for Trump for the cash. Everyone wanted what Florida had 
until DeSantis decided to run. DeSantis was the best governor. Everyone knew it. Everyone praised him until he announced he was running for president. And then Trump gave the order. They all started bashing him and they did it for a paycheck. It's a, it's a freaking cult. Um, it's like Trump has a spell all over, over people and he just can do no wrong. Like he goes against our second amendment and people are like, well, you know, you know, like, no, no, we, you can't just be okay with stuff that goes against our conservative beliefs and our constitution because Trump said so. And the second you question anything that MAGA does or anything that Trump says, they all have a complete mental breakdown. And they call you, I've been called a liberal. Like, if you know me, you know I'm definitely not a liberal. I've been called such stupid names because I prefer DeSantis over Trump. It's just insane. We seriously have to get our heads out of our asses and get this country back on track. But until we get rid of MAGA and Con Inc. and Trump, it's just going to, we're just going to continue to suffer. We're, we're just not going to win anything. Oh, so these grifters, they drive me crazy. They annoy the crap out of me. The worst are the Turning Point crew, especially Charlie Kirk. This Jack Sobisek, uh, I really don't even know where he came from. Laura Loomer, who's a complete nut job. And then there's this Gunther um, Endelman, Engelman, I don't even know. Um, there's a lot more, but these these are the top ones that make up my list. Like Loomer, Trump Jr. just came out and said that Laura Loomer needs to be the Trump's press secretary if he wins the election. Oh, please, God, no. She is a complete psychopath. She followed Christina Pushaw around one of DeSantis's speeches, like recording her. She's lied about Casey DeSantis, said her uh, that she never really had cancer and it was just for political points. She's called DeSantis a pedophile and just more, just more made up craziness. She's a nut job. And she also, she also said that Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, who won by over 20 points, that she's the most unpopular governor in the country. Just, it's just lies. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And then, so Poso, Jack Sobisak, they call him Poso. He says this on Twitter. After Tesla died, the FBI confiscated his notes and have never released the full files. It is said that Tesla's, Tesla spent his last 10 years working on time travel. The last person to see Tesla, the Tesla files was MIT professor John G. Trump, the uncle of Donald Trump. Draw your own conclusions. Oh, my gosh. So clearly, Poso is in the Q cult, thinking that Donald Trump is going to save us and JFK Jr. is going to come back and run our country. Oh, my gosh. Just stop. I mean, this is the crazy stuff these people tweet about. And Charlie Kirk... He's turning point. You know, he's done a lot of great stuff. I used to like him. I used to respect him um, until he started the Trump grift. And now I can't stand him. He, once you start lying and blatantly lying, you're just a piece of poop. Um, this is what Charlie Kirk tweeted. New President Trump is vowing to revolutionize higher education. His new plan would create a free federally funded online university called the American Academy, ban wokeness and jihadism, allow credentials to be used to apply for government and federal contractor jobs, grant credit to students for past coursework, tax large private university endowments like Harvard's, Harvard's to pay for the, um, for the free school, sue and find institutions that fail to uphold free speech laws or encourage anti-Semitism. So... <laughs> If the government says free, they're lying. There's no such thing as free. Like you would, he literally put free and federal funding in the same sentence. Like that's kind of an oxymoron. But th these people like Charlie Kirk, they build their platforms by preaching small government and then they turn around and pimp more government because it's Trump's idea. Like, no, we need less government involvement in our lives. Ideas like this just raise our tax dollars. And, and plus, he's going after free speech. Um, that's not a conservative belief or a principle. And it's not okay just because Trump said so. It's amazing how many people have sacrificed their values because of this man. This is, this is cult-like behavior. We need to have a people versus the government party. And it's time to move on from MAGA. 
Um, there's another big thing that happened between Dan Bongino and Shannon Joy. Um, I'm sure you all know who Dan Bongino is. I used to really like him too. <laughs> like he's definitely on the on the Trump train, the MAGA call. Uh, but Shannon Joy, she's my favorite podcaster. She's here from New York as well. She streams on Rumble. She posted, how irritating is it that Rumble is platforming MAGA pro-Trump coverage and actively suppressing anti-Trump or any DeSantis coverage? So she just throws this question out there, right? Dan Bongino loses his mind. He he's he doesn't own Rumble, but he's part of Rumble. I don't know, but he lost his ever-loving mind. Shannon left Twitter for a couple hours to spend time with her family, and he's firing like rapid-fire tweeting at her, saying, "Why won't you answer my question? Because you know you're full of shit. Still no answer. You're such a cowardly piece of trash." <laughs> so then. <laughs> Shannon gets back on Twitter and is like, what happened? She says, gosh, I was having dinner with my husband and three kids and I just saw this. I see you're really mad. It was just an observation. Well, he has threatened to sue her. I mean, this is, (laughs) if it wasn't true, why didn't he just say, no, it's not true. But if you go to Rumble, it's all the super MAGA accounts that are first, like Kimberly Guilfoyle, Donald Trump Jr. It just pushes put and pushes Trump stuff. And then the DeSantis people get, you know, pushed to the bottom, takes you forever to find them. But um, like Rumble and even The Blaze, which I'm a really big fan of The Blaze, but a ton of other quote unquote conservative networks never even covered Kim Reynolds endorsement of Ron DeSantis. Kim Reynolds, again, governor of Iowa, Iowa caucuses are coming up. She endorses DeSantis. And this is a big deal. You know, this is DeSantis has a pretty good chance of winning Iowa and no one covered it. It was like crickets. No one covered it. All right. On to the debate. So this was on NBC Wednesday night. Um, Overall, it was pretty decent. Not it wasn't a terrible debate. Uh, better moderators than the last two. Fox sucks. Um, everyone just needs to leave Fox. Stop watching that crap. Uh, I believe DeSantis was the clear winner. He was very presidential. He has a vision for the country. He was strong on the border, on China, on energy independence, and of course he called out Trump, which was great because he needs to do that. Vivek had some uh, he had some singers, but that man is fake as can be. He's a big pharma shill. He went after Haley, made a couple jabs at DeSantis. He says all the right things. Like he says what everyone wants to hear. Um, but he's he's just as fake as can be. He's taken every side of every issue, just like Dr. Fauci. Uh Nikki Haley's daughter. Yeah, he went after Nikki Haley's daughter. Um it was pretty shitty of Vivek to do that, but it was kind of funny as well. It was over some TikTok thing. Um, Haley is a warmonger and her pro-woman hear me war crap is so annoying. She also made a reference. Well, Vivek said something about she's, oh, what did he, what did he call her? Uh, Dick Cheney in three inch heels because she is a warmonger. So he was right about that. And she turns around and says uh, her heels are her ammunition. Like, come on, please stop it. It's so dumb. Uh, Chris Christie and Tim Scott are pretty much irrelevant at this point. I mean, they never were relevant, but anyways. Um, my biggest takeaway from the debates is the absence of anyone asking about big pharma vaccines or COVID accountability. I mean, obviously that's where DeSantis will shine, but not a single debate, not a single moderator has brought this topic up yet. I don't think they will. Like the COVID issue affects every single voter in this country and no one wants to talk about it. They just, they just want to memory hole it and move on. We can, we can't do that or they're just going to do it to us again. I mean, I'm sure they've already got the next pandemic ready to go. Um, I was listening to the news and why it matters a few days ago, which is usually one of my, one of my favorite podcasts, but Chad Prather was on there, the conservative cowboy, whatever. He's usually pretty good. I like him, but He came out and said, we just need to get over what Trump did with COVID, forgive him, and, you know, just move on. Like, no, no, we're not just going to move on from what he did to us. The the entire medical freedom movement, we are not moving on. It's not going to happen. Like, DeSantis proved himself during COVID, and Trump failed. 
and no one wants to talk about it. No, it's just they just want to forget all about it, and we just can't do that. Trump hasn't apologized. He hasn't taken any responsibility for what he did, and he still thinks he did everything right. And big media and the MAGA shills are just running cover for him, and that is a heck no for me. Not happening. So Megyn Kelly is going to moderate the next debate, and that's in December. Maybe she'll bring it up. Kind of doubtful. Um, I've heard some people say that debate's not even going to happen. Who knows? Maybe when Bobby Kennedy gets on the debate stage, if they'll let him, it'll finally be addressed. Or maybe there's a debate coming up between DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. I know a lot of people are like, this is stupid. Why would he do that? Well, first of all, this is the reddest state versus one of the bluest states. So I think that is a good debate in itself. And Newsom did terrible during COVID and DeSantis did great during COVID. So there's that debate. Um, But also Newsom's going to run for president. I'm pretty sure they're going to stick Newsom in there. So this is potentially a debate between the Democrat front runner and the Republican front runner before anything's even been decided. So I'll just give you a quick rundown um, of Steve Dace's analysis on the debate. He's excellent at politics and analysis. Um, So he says, since I was at the GOP debate last night, I was unable to share my thoughts in real time. I'm going to do something different. By now, a lot of people much smarter than me have already given their debate thoughts and grades. So what I want to do is give you my thoughts of what you may have missed from inside the auditorium. Number one, I was seated right between the wives of Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. So I had one of the best seats in the house and truly get a feel for the room. Ron's opening and closing statements were the biggest applause lines he received. He has really improved during the course of his campaign in crafting a message and a narrative, and he's always been excellent on policy. Vivek then captured the audience with his masterful masterful turn on the media in the open, specifically the NBC family of networks, for pushing outright lies like Russian collusion. However, the audience really turned on him during the TikTok conversation when he talked about Nikki Haley's daughter. Sidebar, Nikki's, Nikki Haley's daughter is an adult. She's not like a teenager, so it's not that bad, but it sounded really bad. Um, that was by far the most negative. The audience was the entire evening. He got a lot of booze, and um, Dace didn't even know that Haley called Vivek scum. Um, you couldn't hear you couldn't hear him say that a couple or couldn't hear her say that a couple people did. Um, Number four, DeSantis and Vivek were chummy and chatted during each break. Ditto for Haley and Christie. Scott was off all on his own all night long. During the debate off camera, Haley and Christie frequently looked at each other with eye rolls and shrugs at Vivek and DeSantis. The first time Vivek attacked Haley, she and Christie looked at each other like this bleeping guy. Haley was clearly shook at one point by Vivek's hammering. Six, in terms of substance, I thought these were the best moderators we've had yet. There were key issues unaddressed, you know, COVID stuff, but nothing was silly. This was the most adult conversation that anyone had adequate time to discuss. And they also kept it mostly clear of petty back and forth. Scott oddly stood off to the corner with his, um, in the corner of his podium all night, like he was threatening to walk off the stage. At one point, he drifted so far off the stage, he was off mic. And the other times, he wandered so much, I thought Vivek was going to need to call for a fair catch. Not sure how it played on TV, but Scott and his posture um, and cadence were just odd. And then his last point is, sadly, the loudest applause line Haley received all night was when she gave the same loser answer on baby killing every GOP loser has ever given and never works just like it didn't work in Virginia on Tuesday night. There is no coming together with baby killers. The Stephen Douglas approach never works, but the party of Lincoln seemingly refuses to learn this lesson. All that messaging does is diminish your own pro-life base while gaining nothing from the other side. As one conservative leader sarcastically said to me after the debate about Haley, that was maybe the most eloquent pro-choice position I've ever heard. So Haley just sucks. Most of them suck. Uh, DeSantis is great. Vivek's a snake. Trump's nowhere to be found. Of course, he's refusing to do the debates, which is pretty crappy, if you ask me. I think he should get up there and debate if he's going to run. The fact that they're just letting him not show up to these debates, he should just be disqualified, in my opinion. All right. Update on all things COVID. I know everyone's favorite topic. Well, we got some things brewing here that are uh, kind of exciting. 
So the Pharma Department um, of Defense and Liability for Vaccine Injury. So Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's all right, don't love her, but um, MTG is leading a hearing on injuries caused by COVID-19 vaccines. Thomas Renz, who's an incredible lawyer, is going to lead this hearing with special witnesses, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Kimberly Bliss, who's an OBGYN, Colonel Teresa Long, who is an Army flight surgeon. This is happening Monday, November 13th at 3 p.m. So that'll be interesting and hopefully I'll be able to watch it. I don't know if they're going to stream it or not. Probably not. Um, but the big the big stuff coming down the pike for COVID-19 are these lawsuits that are happening. Um, so there's three major cases that I'll briefly talk about. Um, but these people are suing because to break the liability shield because of the adulteration or the contamination of the COVID-19 vaccines that we talked, I talked about a couple podcasts ago, how, what was in the vials that they approved or, you know, under the um, EUA emergency use authorization is different than what they injected into people's arms. And then these vials were contaminated with DNA. So the first case Carrie Sakamoto, she's from Canada. After the vaccine, she um, got Bell's palsy. She's suing for $5 million for misinformation and negligence. Now, there's that case to keep an eye on. Jamie Scott, he's from the UK. He's a father of three. He is suing AstraZeneca. He got a blood clot in his brain, completely debilitated. He was in a coma, died multiple times, brought back. So he's suing AstraZeneca. And then the big case here um, in the U.S. and New York specifically is George Watts Sr. Shannon Joy actually did an interview with him and what happened to his son last year. Uh, if you want to watch that, I can send it to you. Uh, but he lost his 24-year-old son. His son was forced to get the shot to go to community college. I know there's a ton of people in that exact same situation. He died after his second Pfizer shot because he got myocarditis. Um, and even shockingly enough, the death certificate does say COVID vaccine injury. Children's Health Defense is representing him and suing the Department of Defense, which this is huge. Um, this is going to be a huge case and it's going to be worth uh, keeping an eye on. I have a link here from Children's Health Defense. A family of 24 year old man who died from complications of the COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis today filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Defense, which oversaw the development and distribution of the drug under Operation Warp Speed. Ray Flores, the attorney representing the estate of George Watts Jr., filed the lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia against the DOD and Lloyd Austin III in his official capacity as defense secretary. The lawsuit alleges the DOD engaged in willful misconduct by continuing to excuse, exclusively allow distribution of the stockpiled version of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine that had been authorized for emergency use even after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration granted full approval to a different vaccine, Comirnaty. According to the complaint, the DOD capitalized on the quintessential bait-and-switch fraud using the fact that Comirnaty was FDA-approved to bolster its claims that the vaccine authorized for emergency use was safe and effective in a move that intentionally misled millions of Americans. The DOD did this despite being fully aware that the drugs granted EUA cannot legally be marked as safe and effective because the FDA standard for EUA is only that drugs may be effective. That means the DOD intentionally, without justification and without and with disregard for the risks, misrepresented an experimental vaccine as safe and effective when it could not legally use that terminology. That's what the lawsuit states. As a result, the lawsuit alleges George Watts Jr. was misled into taking the investigational vaccine, and he died of as a result. Um, so what the DOD did here is absolutely treasonous. It, it just is. Um, this shot has caused so much tragedy. They lied to us. They lied to us about everything to do with these shots. We need to get justice. Uh, we, I'll keep an eye on these cases, and I'll keep you updated. We need to pray for justice for the vaccine injured and the people that have lost their lives, and pray for their families. Um, I think the dam will break on this eventually, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it, and the truth will win. I, I truly, I truly believe the truth will win. 
So, whoo, okay, let's get into uh, will the will the elections be canceled next year? So this kind of has been off my radar. Um, just came on my radar this week, and I'm like, geez, uh, I don't put it past them. So will the Biden administration cancel elections for next year? It's uh, it's totally possible that they will cancel next year's presidential presidential election due to the war that's coming, civil unrest for a multitude of reasons, uh, or the even the economic collapse that's coming. I'm sorry, this is just not great news. I'm sorry, guys, but so I can see them saying that the polls aren't safe due to terrorist attack from the illegals that have come over the border. Will they, won't they? I don't know, but that's kind of what's sticking in my brain. It's completely possible that when Trump is found guilty and whether he goes to jail or gets house arrest in Mar-a-Lago or whatever happens, um, it's completely possible that there'll be riots and every, everyone's going to all of a sudden be a right-wing um, extremist terrorist and they're going to try to round everyone up. I mean, I don't really think our side has the balls to do anything about it. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a few protests here and there, but I, I don't really think we're going to see like some mass movement of people with pitch, pitchforks. It's just not going to happen. Um, but anything, you know, any, any one of these has the potential to destabilize us and for Biden to use that as an excuse to lock us down because, you know, we're, we're a threat to democracy we're not, and the Biden regime is, and we're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. I wish people would stop calling us a freaking democracy. We're not a democracy. Anyways, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, and in the economic collapse, uh, we I think we're in a recession, if not a depression already, but the possibility that you know we're at war, this economic collapse, the Trump stuff, I mean, this is a recipe for disaster, and probably some crazy shit's going to go down. I don't know. Um, who knows, but I don't doubt anything from this administration. So you know, get get your house in order, be prepared, become a prepper, get some chickens. Um, Make friends with your neighbors. You're probably going to need them. Uh, know your local community, especially the sheriff. Um, get as healthy as you can. You know, get as healthy as you can be. Eat good, exercise, go for walks. We need to be healthy, so you don't have to depend on the healthcare system. Get out of debt as much as you can. I know that's hard with Biden inflation, but do your best. Uh, move your money out of big banks. I have a credit union. Um, we're going to get into more of the money bank stuff here in a second, but move your money out of the big banks because they're going to collapse. Buy local, barter with your friends, ditch big box stores. Like we barter with our neighbors. I give them eggs. She gives me garlic. Sometimes she gives me chicken food. You know, we we help each other out. That's what needs to be happening. We give our honey away to people. Um, I gave my honey to my sister and she t- in turn made me barbecue sauce, like stuff like that. You know, keep costs down garden and freeze dry. We bought a freeze dryer last year and we literally freeze dry everything. I highly recommend the harvest, right? And we, uh, we store all of our freeze dried food in mylar bags. They're good for 25 years, you know, have, have food on hand because the prices are going to skyrocket even more. Live a minimalist, minimalist lifestyle as best you can. You know, we don't need all this fancy stuff. I become quite frugal in my older years. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy about that. I don't need the latest, greatest, most expensive. I don't even shop for clothes really other than my really cool shirt from Retro Rifle. But anyways, um, get involved in local elections, obviously buy guns and ammo and, you know, plan for the worst, but hope for the best, pray, all that kind of stuff. So um, kill switch. Has anyone even heard about this? Like I, this... I did not know that this happened. This was passed in 2021, and I knew, I knew nothing about it. I w- I guess I need to pay better attention. Um, but you know, getting money out of the big banks is great. It we we have to ditch the ditch the banks, go crypto, gold, silver. I'm going to talk about that in a different podcast. But um, this kill switch thing, Thomas Massey. 
he's probably the best person in Congress. He actually follows the Constitution. If he would be our president, we would be solid. But Thomas Massey seems to be the only one trying to stop this, like, central banking, social credit score crap. Like, this is not good, guys. So Thomas Massey says, the federal government has mandated that all vehicles sold after 2026 must have a kill switch that can disable your vehicle based on your driving performance. Like, this should send up a huge red flag. Uh, He had an amendment to defund the unconstitutional mandate, and it failed. It, (laughs) like, how are people voting for this stuff? Um, So, again, this was passed in 2021, and this violates the 4th, 9th, and 10th Amendment, possibly the 14th. But 19 freaking Republicans voted against Massey's amendment. So 19 Republicans voted to put kill switches in your car. So if you don't have a good social credit score, you posted something negative about, let's just say Biden, on Facebook, something anti-government, something against the COVID shots, you know, not following the green energy crap, they can shut your car off and you can't drive. Like they'll just, how can anyone think that that's okay? Uh, I just, I just don't understand what's happening in our country and why people are going along with this nonsense and who's going to be in in control of the switch. Like it's not going to be the car companies. It's going to be our government. Um, all right. I want to talk more about the central banking digital currency, uh, Aaron Day, if you don't know who Aaron Day is, he is running for president as an independent. Like, no one's even heard of this guy. Um, super smart, super smart. He's not running for president to become president. He's running to make people aware of what's coming involving the central banking digital currency. So, Shannon Joy had Aaron Day on her show. It's a fantastic podcast. I definitely need to go do do a whole podcast on this subject because this, you know, this gets really deep and in the weeds and it's just craziness. But he's running, so he's running to bring awareness to what's coming and it is 100% coming. He thought it was going to be a few years from now, but he said it's probably going to happen before the next election. So it is um, a central banking digital currency kind of um, involving a health pass in a social credit system. And it could it could possibly happen within even the next month. Um, so it's going to be like a like a health spending account you get through your job where you can only use that card for specific purposes. Um, but this will this will regulate all of all of your purchases. And then the government will be will be able to dictate what you buy and when. There was this, this is happening in China right now. This woman in China, she recorded this. She went up to a vending machine and, you know, she puts in her information and the machine spits back that her credit score isn't good enough for her to get food out of the vending machine. Like, this is what we're talking about, guys. Like, you won't be able to get gas or food or drive anywhere, pay your bills without the government's approval and you getting in line with what they what they deem appropriate. Um, the legislation on some of this stuff, like the kill switch, it's it's already been passed. Like they do it behind closed doors. The technology's also been developed. It was developed at MIT by get this, by no other than Jeffrey Epstein. Like, really? Like I didn't know that either. Holy cow. Like that sh- that's a definitely a red flag. Ugh. So this isn't a matter of if it's going to happen, but when it's going to happen. So we need to be prepared. And he said it's likely going to happen rapidly if we have, if when we have a terrorist attack here in the U.S. Um, Biden will use it like they did the Patriot Act after 9-11. Terrorist attack, everyone panic, lockdown, they'll bring this stuff in. It's not good. Um, DeSantis, Vivek, and Bobby Kennedy are the only ones talking about this. Uh, and DeSantis has already taken steps in Florida to, to stop this. He's the only one, the only one. And honestly, 
I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but I think Trump would be all in on this, unfortunately. Um, Aaron Day also talked about the Q, the QAnon people, how the, the chatter in the QAnon world right now is trying to tell people that this is actually a good thing. Like the central um, banking system and social credit score are actually good things because it's going to erase all people's debt. And I, I used to pay attention to the Q stuff a long time ago. And I remember everyone saying, oh, they're going to erase our student loans. And like, they really, they really think this is going to happen. And they think Trump is responsible for this. So that's why I'm like, hmm, I think Trump is or could be responsible for ushering this in. Q is a freaking psyop. It's a psyop and they think Donald Trump is going to save them. He's some white knight with the, the white hats that are going to come in and save our country when it's a psyop and it's actually to make people complacent and usher in crap like this. So this is definitely something to keep an eye on. I will go in deeper into this in my next podcast or whenever, um, cause he's got some really good tips on what we can do and to, to not be afraid of it. Cause there, there's things that we can do. Um, and it doesn't take a whole bunch of us to, to fix this and we can fix it. All right. Moving right along. Uh, the Nashville shooter manifesto. Um, so if you don't remember the Nashville shooter, it was a trans person who shot up at school, um, and there was this manifesto that she, he, I don't, I don't know, um, wrote down like why, why they did it. And Steven Crowder broke the story this week. And of course, YouTube and Instagram and all the socials removed his videos and posts and tried to censor him, you know, of course. But this is, this is what part of the, the manifesto said. And I know no one's going to be really surprised about this, but the manifesto says, Kill those kids, those crackers, going to fancy private schools with those fancy quackies. I don't know what a quacky is. Maybe I'm too old to know what a quacky is. I don't know. Um, but with those fancy quackies and sports backpacks and their daddy's Mustang and Mustangs and convertibles. F you little shits. I wish to shoot you weak ass penises with your mop yellow hair. I want to kill all you little crackers, bunch of little faggots with your white privilege. Fuck you, faggots. So, sorry, that's why this podcast is explicit. But that's what part of the manifesto said. Um, they were they did not want this released because it doesn't fit the narrative. You know, this was a mentally ill trans person, very uh, clearly mentally ill trans person, who wanted to shoot up white Christians. Uh, the media, the government, they all want these shooters, whether, eh, well, we won't go there today. They want these shooters to be white Christians, and they want them to be the shooters and not the victims. When the Christians are the victims, then the story just goes away. And especially when the shooter is a trans person, you know, the story is going to get hidden. Um, so that's why the FBI showed up and the manifesto disappeared. The local police said they were going to release it. And the FBI swooped in, snatched it away, and we got no information. But again, not surprised. We know this stuff. It's wrong. It bothers me. You know, Innocent people die, and the left runs out to their soapboxes and screams about gun laws. It's just sickening. Like Even before people really know what happened, who the shooter was, why it happened, which usually happens in gun-free zones, the left is out there screaming about gun rights. It's just sickening. It's sickening. All right. Whew. So that was a lot of news. It was a lot of talking. I'm just going to run through these quick headlines uh, that I think are interesting, kind of hilarious. So first one, demand for unvaxxed sperm is skyrocketing, just as birth rates continue declining in many countries such as Sweden and Germany. So if you're an unvaxxed man and you're in need of money, you can go donate your sperm because there's people paying lots and lots of money for that. All right, next one. Mike Johnson, he's the new Speaker of the House. He just hired Dan Ziegler, who's a freaking big pharma lobbyist. So great pick, guys. Great pick on the new, um, 
the new speaker. It says, Dan Ziegler, a Washington lobbyist, um, counting among his clients, Pharma, Pfizer, Merck, Sanofi, Eli Lilly, Amgen, and he will join Mike Johnson's office as policy director. So F us. That's terrible. Uh, one interesting thing here is Congress has formed an unexpected alliance to fight against Julian Assange's extradition to the U.S. Uh, they wrote this letter to, to Biden stating their case. But the weirdest thing is, is we have the people that signed this letter. We have Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul are amazing. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene's okay. But along with Jamal Bowman, AOC, Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, like, I don't know, man, very, very strange that they're all joining forces against this. Man, if we could just join forces for some other things, we'd be doing a little bit better, but goodness. All right, next one, Marsha Blackburn. She has filed a subpoena to obtain the Epstein flight logs. It says U.S. US Senator Marsha Blackburn has filed a subpoena to obtain Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. She says she thinks it's very important that we identify everybody that was on that plane. Yeah, it'll never happen. I don't have high hopes for that. Nothing. <laughs> that's just it's just never going to happen. They're never going to let that come out. And then Douglas Mackey, he is headed to prison for making a meme of Hillary Clinton. I mean, and this is going back years. This is going back to the 2016 election. He was arrested for posting a meme of Hillary Clinton. Uh, I think it was on Facebook. Um, it was like a spoof saying, text your vote to this number. And they've arrested him and he's going to prison. So back to the social credit score, you post a meme five years ago, six years ago, they're going to come after you for hate speech and then you won't be able to buy bread. You know, we got to wake up in this country, guys. This is, this is crazy. Whew. All right. For some encouragement this week. All right. Let's do some encourage. Let's do some, let's do some encouragement. Um, the Bible study I'm doing, I know I talked to you about, uh, know thy enemy by Steve Dace. Uh, the one I, the part I'm on right now is about being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing your, knowing your power in Him. So I just want to read this to you quick. Hopefully, give you a little bit of encouragement. It says, "A relationship with Christ and the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand." Romans eight nine. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. And First Corinthians six nineteen. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God. Sorry, I'm terrible at reading from, from books. All right. John reminded us about the incredible difference the Holy Spirit makes when facing the forces of Satan that oppose Christ. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Satan may be powerful, but God's Holy Spirit is infinitely more powerful. The false teachers and false prophets may sound wise, but our God's wisdom is boundless. The world can have a great pull and persuasion, but the indwelling spirit is immeasurably greater. When we live under the Lordship of God, leaning on Him and filled with His Spirit, He helps us to test the spirits we encounter. We don't need to fear being deceived by a powerful enemy. Why? Because we are resting in a greater power, the indwelling Holy Spirit who enables us to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. In Christ, we are placed in a great position to recognize evil and falsehood and to stand against it. We truly have nothing to fear. So I wanted to read that to you guys because... We don't have anything to fear. God is in control. I know you hear people say that all the time, but he really is. Give all your fears over to God. Pray to him. Ask for help. Ask for guidance. You know, we're going to be brought through all of this nastiness, this disaster, this crumbling of America. We're going to be brought through it. And on the other side, it's going to be better. I truly believe that. And this week's small business is again, I'm going to talk about Shellshock CBD. This is a veteran-owned company. They started this company to help other veterans after seeing firsthand their friends losing their lives to opioids, PTSD, depression, insomnia, and anxiety. Uh, one of their mission statements is, veteran or not, everyone deserves to have access to holistic alternatives and a chance to be free from big pharma's handcuffs. So that 
really resonates with me because I'm a big anti-pharma person. I'm recovering addict and the products that they offer and, you know, weed have helped me so much dealing with my depression, my anxiety, my addiction, you know, and getting off of pharmaceuticals altogether. Like there's better alternatives out there. There's clean alternatives and there's alternatives that don't have side effects that can help treat these issues. Um, This is definitely something I can get behind. I just started working with this company. I vetted them myself and I highly, highly recommend their products. Uh, Last podcast, I had taken a Delta 8 gummy and about halfway through, I think it kicked in because I was really rambling. (laughs) I tend to do that, Um, but those will kick your butt. Uh, the CBD gummies I'm giving to my dogs for allergies and uh, to calm them because they don't like when people come over. So I give them CBD gummies to calm them down. And then my husband's using the Rackout CBD gummies uh, for sleep. If you are worried about testing positive, like on a drug test for THC, I know it's legal in a ton of states right now. But if you're a federal worker, like in the military, you can't use, you still can't smoke weed. Um so their, C- or their CBD products are all guaranteed not to test positive for THC. They all come with these certificates of purity and all the good stuff. Um, so highly recommend these products. And uh, reach out to me. I got a discount code. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up for this week. I really appreciate you guys listening to me. I reached over 100 downloads. So that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, You can follow me on Facebook, Jenna Calvert Norman, Instagram at jcalvert616, the same for Twitter at jcalvert616. Um, And I can also send you a link to check out the Shellshock products. If you would, please go leave me a review and tell me how much you love the podcast. It helps other people, you know, get uh, eyes on my podcast so I can just, you know, become a professional and quit my job and do this for the rest of my life because I like to talk. Just kidding. Um, So have a great rest of your weekend, guys. I will see you next week. And again, if you have any topics you want me to discuss, I'll be more than happy to to go over those things. And my addiction podcast will be coming out soon. It is going to be R-rated. It's going to be spicy, but I hope it will help other people realize that there is a good life after addiction, no matter no matter what you've done, no matter how bad the things you've done are, there's always, always um, a better life afterwards. So thank you guys. And I will see you next week. This is The Next Generation.